Uh, on the way into worship, I hope that you did receive a, a little card, a resolution card. You're welcome to fill it out during the message this morning. There are some prompts on the one side uh, that might give you a clue or maybe a cue as to how to complete it. If you're wise, you'll just hand it to your wife if she's with you and she'll do it for you and hand it back to you and that might be good. Uh, but there's also a, a section there uh, for prayer. So if you have any prayer requests for the new year. Uh, if, you, if you take that with you, that's great. If you drop it in the box, one of our staff members will be praying for you between now and Easter as we uh, try to make and keep some New Year's resolutions for us. Um, so I'm wondering, you saw one of my resolutions. What are your New Year's resolutions? Have you made any yet? Considered some? Perhaps even mentioned it to another person? You know, they, they tell us that when we make goals or when we have important life decisions or make resolutions, that there's a way to do this. And coaches and consultants have told us that there are things called SMART goals. SMART being an acronym. How many of you have heard of SMART goals before? Maybe for business or work, those kinds of things. And SMART's an acronym that stands for Specific, Measurable, Attainable, Realistic, and time sensitive, or something to that effect. So the idea is that if we were specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time sensitive, in other words, had a deadline for these goals, that the likelihood of success with regard to us accomplishing those goals would increase. And so we're encouraged to have SMART goals. Now, in addition to having these SMART goals, I would add these two elements to any New Year's resolution or life goal that you may be planning and preparing for 2022. First, I would add prayer. Prayer. Because invoking the power of the Almighty, I think is important when we're making important decisions for our lives, especially if they'll impact other people. And because I would rather have God on my side as opposed to not having on my side when I make these important decisions for my life and well-being. Proverbs 16 reminds us uh, to incorporate God into our goal-making process. To humans belong the plans of the heart, but from the Lord comes the proper answer of the tongue. All the person's ways seem pure to them, but motives are weighed by the Lord. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. That third verse especially, Proverbs 16, 3. Commit to the Lord whatever you do and he will establish your plans. Make room for the Almighty as you make goals for 2022. He will establish your plans. So first, prayer. Pray about goals, pray about resolutions, pray about important decisions that you want to make in this new year. Second, share. Share. Find someone in your life who loves you, who cares about you, who could be confidential, who you can trust, and share your goal with them. Why? Because sharing your goals with other people does two things. First, it holds you accountable. That person can challenge you, ask questions, check in with you, and make sure you're on track to accomplishing your goal. If it's important to you, it's important to them, and, and, they'll, um, and you give them permission and blessing, they will ask you those questions, and they will check in with you from time to time. And secondly, that person can also provide encouragement and support to help keep you motivated to keeping your promise to yourself and accomplishing your resolution for 2022. Scripture also has something to say about gathering together and, and, 
and getting the, the participation and the input of other people when you are accomplishing your plan and purpose for your life. Proverbs 27, 17 reads, like iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. And Ecclesiastes 4, Solomon writes, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up, but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. So being smart about your goals for the new year is good, but sharing with others and praying about your resolutions is better because it brings God and other people into the mix when you're making important life decisions and when you're trying to accomplish things that are important to you. It also offers a rescue and reset when things go, don't go perfectly as planned. Well, things not going perfectly as planned was the case when Jesus and his parents were visiting Jerusalem for the Passover. So at this time in the story of the Gospels, the story of the life of Jesus Christ, Jesus is how old? He's 12 years old. Now we call that preteen because we have to label and brand everything differently and uh, young people are trying to be older than what they actually are. But that's another sermon for another time. But Jesus is 12 years old. He's going with Mary and Joseph, his parents, from Nazareth in Galilee. They're going up to Jerusalem. And we assume that maybe other siblings are going with them because we know that Jesus had brothers and sisters. The Gospels in a few places mention the brothers and sisters of Jesus. So Jesus and the family are going to uh, Jerusalem for the Passover. Now, what is the Passover? The Passover is that annual commemoration of God delivering Moses and Aaron and the children of Israel out from under the hand of the Pharaoh, out from under that oppression that lasted for hundreds of years and setting them free to worship the Lord in spirit and the truth on Mount Sinai and then eventually having them populate the promised land. So to remember this great exodus event and God's redemption and deliverance of his people, the Jewish folks would gather together and especially gather together and perhaps make pilgrimage to Jerusalem for this special occasion. And it was about a week's worth of getting together Worshiping, making sacrifices, and celebrating the deliverance of the Lord. And so this is what Mary and Joseph are doing with their family and with their extended family and with their friends. After these festivities and after the celebration is all wrapped up, they make their way home. And as they're heading up north to Nazareth in Galilee, they get a day's journey into their trek. And guess who's missing? Jesus is. This 12-year-old son of theirs, their firstborn son, is not with them, not with the relatives. And part of us living here in the 21st century and beyond think, boy, wasn't that irresponsible of Jesus? Shouldn't he have been with Mary and Joseph? And then part of us says, you know what, at family gatherings, I don't always keep track of my children. And sometimes at Meyer, I don't always keep track of my children. Sometimes in Frankenmuth, I always don't keep track of my children. I mean, that's why I have uh, Live 360, right? I've got the app, and if they've got their smartphone, then I know where they're at. At least I know where their smartphone's at. We know your tricks. We're on to you. But in any case, uh, we also think, my goodness, Mary and Joseph, wouldn't you keep track of Jesus? But when the family's going together, um, you know, everyone's together, everyone's looking out for each other. Maybe you assume that, oh, Jesus is with the cousins, he's playing with them or hanging out with them, whatever. So again, we have to let Jesus off the hook here a little bit and Mary and Joseph 
off the hook a little bit here and understand that culturally and even relationally um, that this was probably okay, that the family is traveling all together up north and all together down south. Uh, and they're returning from this, this celebration of the Passover. But then the plot continues to thicken because Mary and Joseph travel back to Jerusalem. If they were a day's journey going up north, how long did it take them to get back? Well, maybe a half day, maybe not a full day, if they were just traveling together by themselves. But in any case, they're traveling back down to Jerusalem. And as they go back down to Jerusalem, how many days does it take them to find Jesus? Three. So we're looking at four to five days of Jesus being apart from his parents. Now, if you were four to five days apart from your children, what would happen? Well, great rejoicing for one. Right? No, just kidding, just kidding. Um, we're on the tail end of Christmas break here, right? We're, it's about time for those kids to get back at school. But um, it would be a different ballgame here and now, right? I mean, we're, we're, we're talking people would call people. Authorities might be involved. You might be on the news. People would be interviewing your neighbors and your extended family. And they'd go, yeah, I always knew there was something not right about that family. Yeah, yeah, go figure. Um, but in any case, here we have Jesus and Mary and Joseph and where do they find Jesus? In the temple courts. What is Jesus doing? He's sitting there with the Jewish religious leaders and they're asking and answering questions of one another. And the teachers there seem pretty impressed with Jesus. And Jesus seems to be wise beyond his years. And his responses are impressive. And as Mary and Joseph come onto that scene, they're impressed too. But they're also overwhelmed with Fear and relief and anxiety and worry. And I'm sure they're happy to see Jesus, thankful that he's alive and that he's safe and he's sound. But then comes the confrontational moment when Mary asks Jesus, where were you? And then that personal question, why would you do this to us? We're your parents after all. Haven't we loved you? Haven't we uh, provided for you? And this is how you treat us? The confrontation and challenge comes to Jesus. And Jesus doesn't bite on that. Instead, he kind of asks a, a question, pushing back on Mary and Joseph, and says, where do you think I would be? Didn't you know that I'd be in my father's house? Didn't you know that I would be about my father's business? Now, young people, when mom and dad ask you a question, don't say that. Don't say, well, I was at the church with Pastor Brad. You know, I'm about my heavenly father's business. No, answer them truthfully and honestly and then be obedient to them. But this is Jesus. And sometimes, friends, people forget who Jesus is. And I wonder if this was Jesus gently reminding his mom and dad who he was. Mom and dad, have you forgotten who I am? Have you forgotten why I've come? Have you already forgotten about the angelic announcement before my birth? The visit of the shepherds on the night I was born? The worship of the magi as they came and presented those special gifts to me months or perhaps a year and a half later? Have you forgotten all of the prophecies and predictions in the word of the Lord that have to do not only with my birth but my life? And what God is going to do in me and through me for the sake of his people. 
Mom and Dad, have you forgotten who I am? Why I've come? Maybe for a moment they did. And maybe for a moment the, the worries and the anxiety of being parents of Jesus got the best of them. Friends, I wonder as you make plans, as you have goals, and as you consider resolutions for 2022, I wonder sometimes if you've forgotten who Jesus is. Sometimes we worry, stress, and fret about so many things in life, so many things that we cannot control, so many things that we're not responsible for, that we cause ourselves uh, so much mental anguish, so much cognitive dissonance, so much turmoil. And sometimes we invite other people into that instead of receiving the peace that passes all human understanding and allow that to guard our hearts and minds and keep us close and connected with Christ and also close and connected with other people. But as we consider 2022 and the year before us, I think it'd be helpful for us to remember who Jesus is. And who is Jesus? Well, first, he's the one who has been with us all along. Jesus says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Jesus has promised us, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. He promises to be with us through the good times and the bad times, the happy times and the sad times, all the way to eternal life. And as we look back at our life through those eyes of faith, haven't we seen our Lord? Haven't we seen him showed up in those times when we've needed him? Hasn't he been there for us time and time again? He's got a track record of being there for his people all throughout history. And I believe he'll be there for you in this new year. Second, I believe Jesus is the one who will forgive us. He will forgive us because that's why he came. Remember the angel's announcement to Joseph before Jesus was born. Joseph, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. Why Jesus? Because he will save his people from their sins. Jesus lived a perfect life so he could forgive you of your sins so that he could be that perfect sacrifice on the cross, taking the punishment and paying the penalty that you would have incurred with your life. And not only that, but being that substitute that was satisfactory to the Heavenly Father, so that Jesus accomplished everything necessary for your salvation and mine through this gift of the forgiveness of our sins. And not only that, but he also came back to life demonstrating his power over sin, death, and Satan, and then going ahead of us to prepare a place for us to go in the future. Jesus Christ is the one who's not only with you, but also the one who forgives your sins. And he will forgive your sins in this new year. Because it's gonna happen. You're gonna get off to a great start, and then you're gonna get off track. You're gonna remember who God is, but then you're going to forget. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to treat other people poorly you're going to forget to pray. You're going to neglect God's word. You're going to skip worship because, oh, man, I just need to sleep in. But it's going to happen. There's going to come a time in this new year where you're going to need that gift of forgiveness and Jesus will be there for you and he will offer that to you. When you're open and honest with our Lord, he is loving and forgiving with you 
in his proclamation of forgiveness, in his statement of absolution for you. And then finally, Jesus is the one who's not only with you and forgives you, he's the one who's going to be there for you in the future. He's the one who will help lead and guide you into that future. And as we consider making resolutions for the new year, I, I hope that you do. I think it's good. I think it can be healthy to make these kinds of goals, to pray about them and to, to involve other people in them. I think that can be good for you. That can certainly be healthy for you. But I also hope that you phrase this in such a way that you're not just asking God to bless what you're doing, but ask God to help you get on board with what he's doing. So many times our prayer life includes prayers of God bless this and God bless that and God make my life this and make my life that. In other words, God get on board with what I'm doing because I know the way and I'm looking ahead to the future and I've got some ideas, I've got some plans. And I want to challenge you this year to pray in such a way as to say, God, help me get on board with what you're doing. Help align my will with yours so that your will will be done and your kingdom will come and you will accomplish your plans and purpose for my life and for our life together. Whether I'm talking about my family, whether I'm talking about my church, whether I'm talking about my place of work, whether I'm talking about my, my classroom, whether I'm talking about my friend group, whether I'm talking about our community. Certainly, we want God's favor and blessing to be there for us. And so we do pray as a congregation, Lord, help St. Lawrence Lutheran Church to get on board with what you're doing, align our collective will with yours so that we are a congregation that achieves your plan and purpose for us in our time here in this place, but also continues to connect more and more people to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior so that they won't forget who Jesus is. So they won't forget that Jesus is with them, forgives them, and will lead them into the future. And they have the confidence and the peace and the joy and the hope that is ours because we are forgiven and free in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Friends, that's my New Year's resolution for us. That our will would align with God's and that he would accomplish his plan and purpose for our lives and for our congregation together as his people. I want to close with a poem that I wrote about the new year. Reflecting on 2021 and kind of looking ahead to 2022. Um, hopefully this will be published in the Frankenmuth newspaper, either this week or the next week, because you know if it's not in the Frankenmuth news, it's not legit. <laughs> yeah, I'm still a little bit sore about that one comment on Christmas Eve, but I'm trying to let it go. I'm trying to let that go, going into the new year. But here's the poem. The most wonderful time of the year has concluded. The excitement of winter break possibly diluted. As we wondered if the 12 days of Christmas were true, we thought, would these kids ever go back to school? We visited family, traveled up north for skiing, made plans for the new year, and were truly believing. We baked and cleaned and completed home projects. We shopped and returned all the Christmas gift rejects. And we thought about going back to work and to cl class, but we found our mood toward 22 rather crass. From pandemics and politics, tragedies, tornadoes, could we please have a break in the new year from those? Air traffic was tight, the supply chain still loose. Inflation could rise, would our workforce too? But before we cashed it in and went all jumped in the cast, we contemplated God's place in our lives at long last. The one who was, still is, and is coming. And injustice and evil will find their undoing. 
much more than catering to preferential opinions, will be God on his throne exercising his dominion. The true Son of God who was born in a manger has come to the world to rescue all those in danger. His life he did give, his love he did share, so that every person on the planet would know that he cared. So what do we do in the new year before us? Do we grumble and mumble, just join in the dark chorus? Or shall we consider a new response to our reeling, one with God in the mix of our thoughts and our feelings? His presence assures us, his power incites a more robust trust in our faith, not our sight. And just when we think we'll be more of the same, we remember the baby, we remember his name. And the gloom of the weather or the doom of the day finds no match in the one who claimed to be the way. So in this new year of 2022, please be of good cheer because Jesus loves you. Friends, Jesus will be with you. Jesus will forgive you. And Jesus will continue to lead you in this new year. May God bless you most mightily in 2022. And all God's people said, amen.